You know that little spider is probably much more scared of you. He was quietly minding his own business when you sat down to do a poo. Did I leave the oven on? Did I leave the taps on? Did I triple check the back door? Learning to face your fears is a chance to grow as opposed to a character flaw. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger Stand a little taller At 5'7 not an easy thing Do you have a fear of spiders? My so public speaking Everyone on earth is scared of something Hello, my name's James and thank you so much for checking out my podcast, Dad Mind Matters, helping men to safely navigate family life without losing their minds. I'm a happily married father of three and I live on the south coast of the UK near Brighton. I set up this podcast a few years ago because I want to create an online community that really supports parents, specifically dads and specifically dads like myself who often struggle with their mental health. If that sounds like something you'd like to support, please follow my podcast or if you watch this on my YouTube channel, please hit subscribe. In this week's podcast, I'm going to list the 10 things that apparently people are most afraid of. Obviously, fear is something that's completely subjective. Everyone is afraid of something. People who aren't afraid of something are either robots or lying. (laughs) I think it's actually a healthy thing to be afraid of something. I think people who aren't afraid of something are rather utterly deluded and are more likely to come unstuck in life. So I'm going to list the 10 things that apparently, according to the Tinternet, we are most afraid of. And I'm also going to give some advice at the end of maybe how you can stop yourself being so afraid. I'm someone that struggled with his mental health on and off since my teens with OCD, and that's led to depression. So trying to overcome my fears is something I have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Fear number one, apparently a lot of us are very scared of public speaking. This doesn't surprise me because I think a lot of us are very self-conscious. When we leave the house, we go to work worried about how we might be perceived, how much people might be judging us for things we're wearing. And I think obviously if you're worried about how people might be looking at you and judging you, then the idea of actually getting everyone's attention and doing some public speaking where you are literally the center of attention and everyone's eyes are on you, is only going to escalate that. The only thing I'll say about that is that actually most people aren't thinking about anything else other than themselves, or certainly they're not thinking as much about you as they are about themselves. People are too busy with their own insecurities to deal about anyone else's. And I always know if I ever watch someone public speaking, even if they make an absolute hash of it, it actually, if anything, makes me like them more and respect them more and admire them more for giving it a go. Fear number two, apparently lots of us are very afraid of heights. This is something that resonates with me. I'm not a massive fan of heights. And I don't think it matters how high or quite often I remember having done work as a scaffolder or a labourer. I can be sort of 10 or 20 feet up and feel a bit wobbly. I remember once going on holiday to, to Barcelona with my then girlfriend and we went up the Segurunda de Familia. And I remember her having a bit of a bit of a whitey about 100 metres up. Actually, 100 metres up? I'm sure it's not that big. Anyway, a fear of heights is something that actually makes some sense. Your body is your body is probably in a heightened sense of alert because actually there's a, there's a clear danger that you could fall down and hurt yourself or die. Difficult as it is because obviously you're battling your emotions, but maybe just try and be rational. Think, well, actually, the Eiffel, if you're at the top of the Eiffel Tower or the top of a tall building, this tall building has been here for years and it's probably going to be here for years after I've got down from it. If you don't feel safe or, or, or if something doesn't feel safe like the top of a ladder then maybe that's a good reason to get down. And fear number three apparently we are not fans of going to the dentist. 
I'm, I've never really been that bothered about dentists. I remember going to the dentist. Uh, I had braces when I was young, and I remember having to have, I think, I don't know if it's four wisdom teeth, but four of the sort of fang teeth that have roots. And it wasn't much fun, but I, mean, I think the worst thing was actually once I'd had, I think I had two injections in in my top gums and my lower gums. And once that had happened, it wasn't that bad. I couldn't really feel anything. But I can completely understand that the idea of sort of someone poking around in your mouth um, or drilling in your mouth is understandably something that is not that bad. Um, sorry, not that much of not something you really want to do. And fear number four, snakes. I, I can relate to this. I'm really not a fan of snakes. I really don't like snakes. I think it's just the unpredictability of snakes. Quite often, the only times I've ever seen snakes, I haven't, they've caught me up, you know, it's, I've been walking with, with the dog and it's summer and you, you know, you accidentally step over something that looks like a stick and it moves and you jump and you freak out. I think, I think that's what it is. It's the, it's the fear of being sort of, you know, a, a, it's the unexpected. Snakes are scary. They're fast. They're unpredictable. They also look strange. You know, they don't look like something that's that, <laughs> that nice, that friendly. If you live in Britain, there aren't any you know, the snakes that really can do any damage. I think we get slow worms and green and grass snakes and adders. I think adders can kill a small child or a dog, but they really aren't going to do you any harm. And actually, the the chance of you seeing an adder is so remote that it's, it's really something you probably shouldn't worry too much about. But yeah, fear number four, snakes. Fear number five, flying. Lots and lots of people have a fear of flying, and I think that's understandable. Just the fact that you are 35,000 feet in the air. A fear of flying makes sense to me, although I don't actually mind flying, I quite enjoy it. But I can understand why some people just freak out at the idea of flying. I think a fear of flying can be a standalone fear, but I think obviously it can be incorporated into things sort of claustrophobia, you know, a fear of being in enclosed spaces or a fear of heights. Unfortunately, if you're in an aeroplane, well then, and you've, got, <laughs> and you've got a fear of confined spaces, heights or flying itself, well, you're probably going to struggle. Fear number six, spiders and insects. This is called arachnophobia and it's an irrational fear of spiders and millions of people around the world suffer from it. I don't really mind spiders. My wife freaks out of spiders and sort of what we in Britain call daddy long legs. The only time I've been aware of, the, of dangerous spiders is when I went and I, I lived in Australia for a year and obviously they've got funnel web spiders and red backs. I think funnel web spiders can kill you. I think red backs can give you a very, very nasty bite. And I think huntsmen as well, which are massive, sort of about the size of your hand, and probably also can give you a nasty bite. And maybe in a similar way to sort of a fear of snakes, it's kind of kind of the unpredictability. You often see a spider where you don't expect it. It's like a damn the size of a loo, somewhere that's cool and dark. I know certainly uh, in the autumn in Britain, often you suddenly see spiders because they come in from outside because it's obviously cold outside they come in sort of to, to seek shelter and warmth and I, I certainly seem to think that actually a, a small spider like it is not so much of a problem but uh, anything bigger than about sort of a 20 pence piece in the size of a spider is enough to get my my wife and my daughter freaking out but I'm actually all right because I kind of know that really there really aren't any spiders in the UK that are going to do me any harm fear number seven a fear of enclosed spaces this is called claustrophobia, and it's something that millions of people suffer from. You know, lots of people often say they have vivid dreams about being buried alive or being stuck in a small room. I have to be honest, the idea of potholing absolutely freaks me out. I don't know how, why any, or how anyone would seek that as a recreational sort of way to sort of unwind or chill out. I think I remember tr trying to, uh, training to be, I wanted to be a firefighter, and I had to, one of the tests you had to do was be in an enclosed space. 
sort of find your way through sort of an enclosed space with basically very little vision. And that didn't freak me out. It more just frustrated me that I knew that I was being timed and I wasn't very good at it. Fear number eight, a fear of mice. I think, again, this could be sort of snakes and spiders. It's the fact that you often don't expect to see or a mouse or a rat in your house and it's something shoots out from underneath your feet or from behind a sofa or if you're outside and you're sort of in the in the shed and you sort of move something and then suddenly a mouse it's it's being as i imagine it's as much about being surprised because if you were to think of it rationally think about the size of a rat or a mouse it's not going to kill you is it i mean it could bite you what i often try to say to my kids is think about the food chain think about how much more scared it is of you think of the size difference that doesn't help but i always try and fear number nine a fear of dogs so lots of people dogs can be a man's best friend i mean ultimately dogs are are an animal Animal. they are a wild animal and there can certainly be an element of unpredictability with a dog but again thinking of it rationally a dog will only attack you if it feels threatened so the best advice i could give don't look at a dog directly in the eyes and if it was to start growling just back away slowly obviously keep your eyes on it and if it's with an owner please ask the owner to put it on lead and fear number 10 a fear of thunder and lightning this is something that often very small children are afraid of i know my kids used to be very freaked out when they were very little and we'd often get lightning storms in the summer after really warm weather but with our kids what i found has worked is even if it's in the middle of the night or they're woken up by or if they're woken up by lightning or a thunderstorm is actually sort of get up with them and maybe get wrapped up in a duvet and look and watch it from a window and in the same way you'd watch a fireworks display just sort of give them the opportunity to revel in it quite often i found that kids take their cue from you they see that actually well mum and dad don't seem to be phased by this if anything they actually seem to be quite enjoying it and just marvel at nature in the extremes of weather anyway for what it's worth here's my advice in regards to trying to find the courage to do things that scare you in life tip number one get clearer what it is exactly that you're scared of fear is often an irrational emotion but what is it exactly that you're scared of for example if you're scared of spiders what exactly is it you're scared of about spiders are you scared you're going to be bitten by a spider are you, are you scared that it's going to wake up and a spider's going to be on your face uh, what would happen if that was the case and tip number two Picture the worst case scenario. So for example, if you've got a fear of spiders, what is the worst case scenario? Well, my children have often said they're scared that they might wake up and a spider is on their face. Well, it's unlikely because you move around in your sleep. But if you did wake up and a spider was on your face, you flick it off and you probably have a moment of freaking out and then realize that actually nothing massive happened. It didn't hurt you and the moment's passed. And tip number three, now try and picture the very best case scenario. So for example, if you've got a fear of public speaking, what's the best that could happen? Even if what's the best that could happen if you went up and fluffed your lines, made a hash of it, but had the strength of character to admit you'd made a mistake, so what's the best that could happen? Well, as I see it, the best that could happen is you could learn a lot about yourself. You could learn that actually the world isn't this terrifying place or isn't, or isn't as much of a terrifying place as you think it is. People would probably admire you for having the courage to get up and talk in the first place. You might win some friends. You might suddenly get a real sense of self-confidence. You'll learn things about yourself. And even if all you learn is that actually nothing that bad happened, that might really help you to take more chances and to be a bit braver in the future with other things in your life. And tip number four, break it all down. Actually think about what is the fear. So for example, a fear of public speaking. What am I scared of? If you actually think about it rationally, I'm scared that I'm gonna trip on the way to, to the microphone. So what? I remember watching Boris Johnson, probably not a great example, but Boris Johnson trip on his way. I think he tripped and fell over on his way to do speech before becoming the mayor of london 
I think, if anything, that probably made him more popular as opposed to less popular. Human beings love authenticity. They love seeing other human beings being human. And that involves mistakes. So actually, it's more likely that people will like you more for your mistakes than dislike you more for your mistakes. And tip number five, take some action. And this is something I have to tell myself all the time. I was diagnosed in 2010 with having OCD which manifests itself most of intrusive thoughts. So I often worry about things I may or may not have done and how they might negatively impact other people that I care about. So for example, I often really struggle to leave the house, checking taps, checking ovens. Okay, well, sometimes you've just got to take some action. Sometimes you've just got to lock a door, let that wave of anxiety go over you and just leave. And what's the worst that can happen? If I'm leaving an empty house, there's no one in it and it burnt down, Yes, that would be upsetting and distressing, but if no one was in it and no one was hurt, it wouldn't be life or death. You've got to just rationalise it, which is really difficult. Battling your emotions is one of the most challenging things you can do, but I just try and rationalise, what's the worst that happened if I leave a tap on? Okay, I'll cause a flood and be some flood damage to my house. It wouldn't be the end of the world. And bonus tip number six, remember that everyone else has felt this way at some point. They may not have the same fears that you do, but everyone is or has been afraid of something at some points. To be afraid or unsure of something is to be human. And to be human is a wonderful thing. It's part of the process. It's part of the journey to be scared of things and overcome them, be that public speaking or fe a fear of the dentist or fear of snakes. When I was doing my CBT training with the NHS, one of the things they got me to do was actually to close a door and not check that it was locked. Now that was a challenge because I'd probably grown up and I'd probably cemented the neurons in my brain that I check a door and I check the handle two or three times and I walk away. And I maybe even tell myself the door's locked. So to just close a door and walk away was a challenge. I needed to feel the fear, realize nothing bad happened and that I could do it. And actually after a few seconds of a wave of emotion and anxiety they subside and were replaced with other thoughts and emotions the thing with courage is you have to do the scary thing first and if you do the scary thing you get the courage afterwards you don't get the courage first you've got to do the scary thing you've got to do the public speaking in my case you've got to close the door and not check it you've got to not ask your wife if you accidentally caused some fictitious road traffic accident on your way home you have to do that and it's difficult and it's an ongoing process but if you're kind to yourself and try and rationalize it and try and breathe through it it's definitely something you can overcome i've just written a book called first time dad that's available on amazon it's a 42-week guide to pregnancy to help dads with their mental health and help them support their partners to the best of their ability if you'd like a completely free digital copy of this book just email me at mydadmissions at gmail.com or put your gmail account in the comments below all i would ask for is an honest review on amazon once you've had a chance to take a look at it. I hope wherever you are in the world, you're okay. Take care. Dad Mind Matters, helping men safely navigate family life without losing their minds. Two podcasts every week on a Monday and a Thursday.